Well, friends, we are finally recording for you another podcast. And it has been a few weeks now, and you got to know that was not the plan. In fact, we had a great plan. We had a few different podcasts throughout Advent that we had planned to create and to share with you. And we were so excited to do that. And then COVID hit the Loy House. And those plans quickly went out the window. My wife, Megan, she got it first, and I got about a week and a half after her. And between the two of us and the family, we spent most of the month of December very sick, knocked out on our back, trying to take care of one another and the kids and in quarantine. And so podcast plans got canceled. Christmas travel plans with our families got canceled. Really everything in the month of December got canceled. And, you know, as we were laying there, we just had to laugh. You know, it just it just seemed like such a fitting way to close out the year 2020, to be knocked out on our back in quarantine. Uh, it just seemed fully, fully appropriate. And of course, you heard this throughout this last year. It became a part of our vernacular. Hashtag 2020. What would you expect in 2020? And so I think like probably most of you, uh, I'm very excited uh, to have closed the page on last year and to be beginning a new year. But, you know, there long before 2020 was a part of our vernacular, there's a phrase that we used, uh, many people used long before it, and a phrase that will, I'm sure will continue to be used long into the future, that we used in a very similar, cynical, defeatist kind of a way. And it actually, it's a it's a phrase that we get out of the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, often attributed to Solomon, and it's this. There's nothing new under the sun. Right? There's nothing new under the sun. Go ahead, admit it. You said it. <laughs> You've heard it, I'm sure. I've said it at times. Uh, I hear it pretty regularly. And, you know, it's interesting to note when we typically use this phrase that there's nothing new under the sun because it's we almost never use it when something good happens, right? It's never in reference to God's faithfulness or when we experience the kindness of a stranger or when we take in another breathtaking sight of another early morning sunrise. Oh, no, it's almost always when things go wrong yet again, right? Something goes wrong again. We experience a financial setback again. Uh, another leader falls. Another a politician is shown to be corrupt. Uh, we experience disillusionment. Uh, our, our expectations are frustrated and, and, and the reality falls short of what we hope for again, right? That's when we typically say there's nothing new under the sun. So it's got like this undercurrent of cynicism, doesn't it? Let me just go on the record and say this. I don't like this phrase. I don't like it. I know I'm a pastor. I'm probably not supposed to say that, but I don't like it. I actually think that this phrase and what it reveals about our hearts and the mindset that it perpetuates, I think it's really dangerous. And, and I actually think it's potentially a destructive way of looking at the world, especially for those of us who are in Christ. In fact, I think it postures our hearts and our prayers 
and the work that we engage in and our expectations in precisely the wrong way. And secondly, I'll say this, more importantly than, than just not liking it, I don't think it's true. I think Solomon was wrong. When we crack open the first pages of scripture, the biblical narrative begins with nothingness to an existence that is without form. That is until God steps in, of course, and who through sheer will and power and creativity speaks into creation everything that we now know, but before God was not yet. That is until he stepped in and created something new. I mean, everything he created was new. We're talking new land, new skies, new lakes and streams and oceans and everything in them from sloths to starfish, from sparrows to orangutans, from creepy crawlies that crawl on the ground to the crown of his creation man and woman. I mean, everywhere, everything is new and everything brimming with new life. This is how we are first introduced to the character of God. Like this is a part of who he is. This is, this is what he does. It is a characteristic we will find that in the beginning, but that follows him through the pages of scripture from front to end. And it's it's a part of God's character that could not and would not be thwarted by human rebellion. The prophets spoke of this. Isaiah chapter 43, we read this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past, God says. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Jeremiah 31 says something very similar. Again, this is coming from, from God. This is a part of who he is. We read, set up road signs, put up guideposts, take note of the highway, the road that you take. Return, Israel, return to your towns. How long will you wander, unfaithful daughter, Israel? The Lord will create a new thing on earth. Now, we have the distinct advantage, of course, of knowing what this new thing and this new way that God was creating would come from and how it would be ushered into the world. And who is that catalyst, the road, the way for this new work? Uh, it's through Jesus, right? The very one whose birth and incarnation we just got done celebrating here this past month. And it's no small twinge of irony that when the Son of God arrives and the Holy One of Israel grows up under their nose, as divinity with skin on stands directly in front of them, as the God-man himself declares who he is and what he will accomplish as he preaches and makes his way to the cross, that those most educated in the Torah and the prophets did not recognize him, at least not until after his resurrection. Well, why was that? Why? Why did they miss it? Well, in short, because God was doing something brand new, something they didn't expect and something he had never done before. 
How many times do we find Jesus saying, you've heard it said, but I tell you. You've heard it said this, but I tell you this. What is he doing every time that Jesus says this? He's proclaiming something that's new. In John 13, 34, Jesus says this, a new commandment I give you, a new commandment. Luke chapter 22, verse 19, we read this. And Jesus took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup. This cup is the what? The new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The new covenant. <laughs> Everything has changed. God is up to something new. In Jesus, yes, but not just in Jesus, also through him and us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, we read this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Colossians 3, 9 and 10. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And I put on the what? The new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And what is God's commitment in all this? You know, like, where is this all going? Is he finished with us? No. But is he even finished with creation? Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the Holy One, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and He will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> Come on. We serve and worship the God who says, I am doing something new. Don't you see it? I am the author of new life. I am the giver of a new heart. I am the maker of a new way. I am the instigator of a new covenant. I am the ruler of a new kingdom. I am the one whose mercies are brand new every morning. I am the one who says, no matter how painful or hard or evil or destructive this world or its inhabitants seem to be at times, in the end, you will hear my words with your own ears and see with your own eyes that I am the God who is making everything new. Do you hear this, friends? Do you see why we don't get to settle into nihilism or fatalism or cynical throwaways like there's nothing new under the sun, especially as it pertains to the God we serve, what he is up to in the world, and what he longs to do in and through us. Because what we find from the beginning of the biblical narrative to the end, from Genesis to Revelation, is that 
ours is a God who loves to create that which is new and to renew that which is created. That is who he is. That is what he does. And that is what he is always inviting us to join him in. So as we begin this new year, here's what I know. I know that there are new things that God wants to do in your life this year. Perhaps old things that he wants to redeem in you in some new ways. Or perhaps new things that he wants to begin in your person, in your character. And or perhaps new things that he wants to start this year through you. I, of course, can't tell you exactly what that is. Uh, this is between you and your creator. Uh, so for the next couple of few minutes, what I want to invite you into is, is quieting yourself before the Lord of all creation and recreation. To sit in the stillness and invite the spirit of the living God to speak to your heart and to, to ask him to lead you in the next steps that he has for you. And so we're going to do that. And as we do that, I want to give you just a couple leading questions to, to put before the Lord. First one being, Lord, what do you want to do in me this year? And then just sit on that for a while. And if God brings things to mind, I would encourage you to, to write those down. Second question being, Lord, what do you want to do through me this year? And then the last question being, Lord, what do I need to start to do? Or what do I need, perhaps need to stop doing to, to join you in what you're up to? I want to close our time together by reading for you a prayer uh, entitled A Prayer for the New Year. And this is written by Eric Milner White. Eternal God, you call us to ventures of which we cannot see the ending. By paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with courage, not knowing where we go but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Amen. <laughs>